What's up, everybody? Welcome to Not Your Average Sports Podcast. I'm your host, Tyler, a.k.a. TG. Uh, we got a sl- we got a pretty full lineup for you today, um, so let's get to it. Um, Press Secretary Sarah Sanders is leaving the White House, Trump says. So, I mean, she hadn't held a press conference in probably in a long time from what in like three months from what I understand. And she's going to go home to her home state of Arkansas and Trump is endorsing her to run for governor of the state of Arkansas. But, you know, she's just tired. She I guess she just doesn't want to do the job anymore. I mean, I a job like that gets criticized a heck of a lot more than you would. Well, no, well, probably about as much as you would think, if not more. But you know, this move isn't terribly um, surprising, shall I say? But I mean, what are you gonna do? I mean, uh, a little. Mm, We'll say pop culture, maybe, for all you Trekkies out there. Um, A NASA orbiter spots a Star Trek symbol on Mars. It's pretty cool, right? I mean, nothing wrong with that, right? I mean, (laughs) this just confirms that Star Trek is real, right? I mean, uh, who knows? I mean, (laughs) oh, it's it's just funny to me. because this could spark wild theories from conspiracy theory people and, you know, whatnot. But, you know, I mean, it is what it is. It's it's not really that huge of a deal. Um, concern is rising about possible uranium mining near the Grand Canyon. Um, this is interesting. First off, I didn't know there was uranium near the Grand Canyon. Secondly, I don't know why they want to mine for uranium. I mean, scientists, of course, need uranium, but I, I don't know exactly what is going into this. I didn't write down any extra details that go along with this. And that's my fault as a person that is recording and giving you all the news and whatnot. But, you know, it's not a news story that I thought was very prevalent, shall we say, but you know, it's, uh, it's something to keep an eye on. I would say as it's, as it's part of the news, so therefore, it's going to have to be kept up with. Uh, that's basically what I'm saying. Um, Kim Kardashian West, she spoke at the White House advocating for former inmates to get jobs. Or not necessarily to get, to have a chance to get another job, or to get a job after they get out of jail. Um, this is This is a pretty good, I mean... This is a pretty good move on her part. It's she's definitely changed how I think about her. I don't know if the public necessarily has a hundred percent flipped their opinion of Kim, but um, I think it's good that she's at least getting involved in stuff like this. 
I mean, I mean, what's the worst that she can do? Say, I mean, she, I guess she could come out and say, no, not allowed ever to have jobs ever. But I mean, she went and talked to the prisoners in these jails and other stuff, other stuff like that. And she came to the conclusion that these former, the people that get out need to be, have the opportunity to get jobs as they get out of jail. And I agree. I can agree with this for the most part, unless you commit a crime that's just not forgivable in my eyes or something that's just so it's just bad. If you let them go back out into the world, you know, um, but for the most part, I do think this is a good move. Um, but we'll we'll see what happens. Um, apparently, Trump and Kim Kardashian West are now good friends for in a weird reason. But you know, I'll leave that alone because I don't want to pick at that thread. Um, my last bit of news: Toy Story Four has been called a cinematic grand slam, touching, raucously funny, and adventurous. And I can't wait to see this movie. I've been looking forward to this. I mean, well, let me let me backtrack on that a little bit. Um, when I first heard they were making a Toy Story four, I was I thought that was a, the dumbest thing I've ever heard. Um, because Toy Story three ended on a such a perfect note, I was like, no, they, there's no need to make another one. Let's just stop right here. We're good. It's the, there's no need to go further. Um, I mean, because I love these movies. I love the Toy Story franchise growing up, and you know, seeing them make another one, I'm scared they're going to ruin the franchise. But if if critics are calling it like this, then you know I'm act. I'm gonna be pretty excited to go see this movie. Um, I've heard it's gotten Tom Hanks and Tim Allen choked up towards at the end of the movie. So maybe this will be the movie that wraps up the Toy Story franchise, or maybe they'll set it up for a, you know more sequels. I don't know. I mean, it's just it's. Not something. I mean, it's something I definitely want to see, and I'm. I don't know when I'll get the chance to see it, but you know, I'm definitely looking forward to seeing how Toy Story Four turned out when it comes out next week. Um, but you know, we'll see how it goes, right? And that's that's all I can do. Um, so quickly. We're going to look at the U.S. Open leaderboard and put out some notables um, just to see what's going on at the U.S. Open. Um, Brant Snedeker tied for 116th at four over. Um, let's see, let's see, let's see. Uh, Bubba Watson also at tied for 116th at four over. Um, Tony Finau. He's tied for 98th with a, a three over. Webb Simpson's also three over, tied for 98th. Um, let's see, let's see, let's see, let's see. Uh, what other names? Um, Patrick Cantlay, tied for 77th at two over. 
Um, let's see. Justin Thomas tied for 77th, two over par. Um, Jordan Spieth tied for 58th. He's one over par. Uh, let's see who else can we see? Um, oh, um, side note, the Rory Sabatini, a Slovakian that finished the day tied for 58th at, at one over par hit a hole in one on one of the holes. So congrats to you, brother. That's pretty awesome. Phil Mickelson also tied for 58th at one over par. Um, Patrick Reed in Tigers group. Tied for 40th at even. Um, Tommy Fleetwood also tied for 40th even. Dustin Johnson tied for 40th even. Uh, let's see what else. Tiger. He's not out of it. That's all I got to say about that. But um, he's tied for 28th at one under par. So that's good. He's only five shots off the lead, thankfully. Um, Zach... No, nah, no, nah, we're not going to mention Zach. <clears throat> Brooks Kafka tied for 16th at two under par. Um, Sergio Garcia tied for 16th, two under par. Uh, Bryson DeChambeau tied for 16th, two under par. Uh, Francesco Molinari tied for eighth at three under par. Henrik Stenson tied for eighth, three under par. Um, Rory McIlroy tied for eighth, three under par. Uh, Scott Piercy tied for sixth, four under par. Um, Xander Shoffley and Ricky Fowler are tied for second at five under par. And leading the pack, who he was in Tigers group yesterday. Um, Justin Rose at six under par. He's leading the U.S. Open. So there's just your couple notables. I don't think anyone's teed off yet today because it's 6 a.m. in at Pebble Beach, so not likely they're going to be teeing off yet. Um, but we'll keep you updated on the U.S. Open as the weekend progresses. <clears throat> Definitely want to see Tiger Woods make that push. But we'll we'll see how it goes. Um, you know, we hope to see Ti- – well, I hope to see Tiger do well. I don't know about the rest of you. Um, but, you know, not bad. All right, so to the World Cup. Japan and Scotland in Group D literally just started. So Japan should win this game. Scotland might give them fits, but I don't think Scotland has what it takes to win this game. Okay, now that that's done, we're going to go back and look at yesterday's two games. Um, Australia-Brazil, that looked like a top-10 matchup in the world. I'm not going to lie. Brazil created more attempts, 12-9. to um, They were down in corners, 3-4. to Had 48% ball possession, 74%. Pass accuracy to Australia's 79%, and they had three yellow cards compared to Australia's zero. (coughs) And Australia, actually, Australia was down two to nothing, and it looked like it was going to be two nothing Brazil at halftime. 
Marta got herself a, her, a goal. She's got 16 World Cup goals in her career, um, which is tied for the most ever. So just something to keep an eye on. Cristiani got her fourth goal of the World Cup, this World Cup. Um, but then Australia scored right before the end of the first half, and that changed the game because Australia came out in the second half and was ready to win. Now, granted, the second goal was a cross slash shot. We'll say I don't. Who knows what it actually was supposed to be, but it went in, so it made tied the game at two. <coughs> um, but the third goal, mm, VAR got involved on that one. No offsides because she wasn't a part of the play, or as she wasn't putting pressure on the defender and it was an own goal. And that's mildly depressing for Brazil and their fans. Um, it was a great matchup to watch for sure. Um, then in our second game of the day, China dominated South Africa, 17 to five on attempts, seven to three on corners, 53% ball possession. 66% pass accuracy to 65% for South Africa, and South Africa got the only yellow card in the game. Um, but China only came away with a one nothing victory here. South Africa looked dangerous only on a couple of occasions. Um, moving forward, <coughs> China got those massive three points because now for second place in Group B, it's Spain versus China. Both have three points and are looking to secure, have a secure spot in the knockout stage. So we'll see how that turns out. Um, I did Japan, Scotland. That's happening now on FS1. Um, at noon on Fox Group C, the last game of match day two, Jamaica and Italy. Italy on paper should win this game. But there's something about Jamaica that makes me feel like Jamaica's going to give them a fight. Um, ultimately, in the end, I see Italy winning this game. I can't really see any other possible ways that Jamaica can get at least a point out of this game. <coughs> but, you know. Um, but at 3 o'clock on Fox, the last game of group D England against Argentina. Um, Argentina is going to give England more of a fight too. Scotland gave England a good fight in the first game. Argentina, I think will give them a fight too, but all again, ultimately I believe England will come away with that victory and thus setting up for a very interesting day. Shall we say, um, <clears throat> We're getting down to it. The group stage is coming to an end real fast. I mean, the group stage ends on third next th on this coming Thursday, so got to be ready. Um, NBA Finals Game Six last night. Congratulations to the Toronto Raptors for winning their first um, finals or winning their first championship in franchise history. Um, they had to stave off a very stingy Warriors team. 
that's to say the least. But, um, <coughs> I mean, they were already down KD, which, side note, there is a report out there by Adrian Wojciechowski of ESPN that says KD will miss all of next season. We don't know if this is 100% true or not yet, but we'll we'll see as the offseason progresses whether or in the going into next season. Um but the Warriors also lost Clay in this game. Clay Thompson, as unfortunate as it is, tore his ACL. So they were down KD and Clay for part of that game. And it's a miracle that they only lost by, what was it, three? No, they lost by four. Um, it's honestly a miracle the Warriors held in that long, to, in my opinion. But, you know, um, the Warriors out-rebounded the Raptors 42-39, shot 48.8% from the field to the Raptors 47.6%. Excuse me. Um, the Warriors shot 35.5% from three, while the Raptors shot 39.4%. Um, the Warriors shot 70% from the free throw line, while the Raptors shot 79.3%. So, the Raptors, you had you were the healthier team in this series, so you fully deserve this tr- title. And now, for the first time, the Drake curse has been broken. A team that Drake has supported finally won something, or a, or even an individual. For the first time, it's finally happened. So, I know Toronto is going to be celebrating this for a very long time. But congrats to you. I'm looking forward to next or to this offseason, and we'll definitely be keeping up with this as we move forward. Um, the NBA draft is coming up in the next week, so we'll definitely have that included in our podcast next week. So, <coughs> but anyway, um, Let's see. Stranger Things is a little pop culture and sports, too. Stranger Things and Nike are collaborating to make some shoes and um, T-shirts and stuff like that. So if you're a fan of Stranger Things, you definitely got to check out this Stranger Things Nike um, collaboration. Because it's pretty. I've looked at the stuff that they have, and I was like, this is pretty cool. I mean... <laughs> If you like Hawkins, Indiana, and the crazy, crazy shit that goes down, um, this is definitely something you would want to check out. Um, I just love the fact. I just love that they did this. I mean, because Stranger Things is a great show. I love it, um, and the fact that Nike was recognized that it's so popular, they said we got to get on this bandwagon right now. Because we can't afford to not be on this bandwagon. Because we're going to lose people if we don't. So, 
glad to see it. Can't wait to see all the, th- the products come out. Um, moving to a little more basketball news. Um, Kemba Walker would take less money to stay with the Charlotte Hornets. <clears throat> um, and this is, in today's landscape of basketball, this is actually kind of shocking. You don't think many stars would take less money to stay with their teams. Now, this might think th- th- I can see why he says this. He wants to take less money so that, or he would take less money so that they can add another star. Maybe not. I don't know if they have the money for a superstar, but they can at least add someone that can really help the Hornets be good for once. So maybe uh, Michael Jordan can run the get somebody get a star to come into his team or something. You know, <clears throat> Charlotte not exactly the New York or L.A. lifestyle, but you know, I can see where he's going with that. <clears throat> um. Six to be announced in um, <clears throat> colleges are going to be notified of serious NCAA violations attached to corruption into the sport of college basketball. So, or an NCAA official told us anyway. Um, I, I, uh, for some reason, I, I just see UNC being a part of this. I don't know who the six schools are because they wouldn't tell us yet. They'll be notified at some point during the summer, and once that hap- and once that happens, um, I'm sure ESPN will very well be all over it <clears throat> because serious violations. There's going to be a lot of stuff going down. Well, I don't know if UNC is exactly corrupted the sport, but you know, we'll. Sp- Put aside that, I mean, I just, the the money being passed, you know, illegal benefits, you know, all that stuff, we'll, we'll see how it all shakes out. I don't know how it's going to shake out offhand, but, you know, we'll see how it goes. Um, Zion is suing to end his agreement with his original marketing deal because he decided, and then he... He wanted to back out of his contract because it was a five-year contract. So, and then he went and signed with CAA Sports Agency. Um, so, I mean, he's—they said if he left early, they would. Uh, what was it? A hundred, I believe, a hundred million dollars in damages or something along that line. Something stupid. Um. Let's see what it said exactly. Um, go down, go down. Did they, they, the agency responded by saying that if Zion terminated the deal, they would sue for damages in excess of $100 million. Are you freaking kidding me? I understand you have an agreement with him. But if he wants to get out, I mean, let him get out. I mean, geez. He hasn't made $100 mil yet. I mean, God. I mean, come on, man. This is the dumbest crap sometimes. I mean, this is like the Kawhi lawsuit I talked about at some point earlier in this podcast. I don't remember when, but at some point I talked about it. Just let the man go. He doesn't want to be with your marketing firm. He wants to have a better 
He wants. He just wants to be marketed in the best way possible. Let him do his own thing, man. I mean, I just, I don't see why. Uh, well, no, I do see why companies are very stingy about this kind of thing because they don't want to lose their star athletes. But you know, this is getting ridiculous, guys. And I really just don't know how to fix this. Well, not fix it. I can't fix it, of course. But you know, you 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 kind of get what I'm saying. Um, a little, just a little baseball. Um, I didn't want to throw in anything too big for baseball today, but Shehai, uh, no, Shohei Otani hit for the cycle last night, and I'm very impressed because this. I know he can hit. Ugh. And we know he can pitch a little too, but you know, um, so congratulations to Otani for being the first Japanese born player to hit for the cycle. I don't know if you're going to be able to do it. I mean, you certainly have the capability to hit for the cycle again in your career, but we'll see. I mean, you're a great hitter. I don't know why you're playing. Uh, well, no, I mean, I'm sorry that you play for the Angels, even though you have Mike Trout and the rest of your team is garbage. But, you know, whatever. <clears throat> um, a little football. NFL expects the refs to call late reviews, including pass interference. That would have been huge in that NFC championship between the Rams and the Saints. I mean, personally, I wasn't watching the game at that point. Um, I had went out to dinner with some friends at that point, so I didn't get to – I didn't see it um, when it happened live on TV. But my literally my dad texted me during that – or during – while I was at dinner. He's like, did you see that terrible call? The, the Saints should have won the game, run the clock out, kick a field goal to win the game. Um, But to be honest, I mean, that is the worst pass interference that I've seen blatantly missed in my life, looking back on replays of that play. Um, I don't know why you would – I, I I just don't know why you would be that dumb in that situation to and let the refs just see if they call it or not. I mean, that's incredible that they didn't call it. <coughs> but, you know, it's really incredible. I don't know, man. Oh, but, uh, you know, that could have changed the entire outlook of the playoffs. The Patriots could have been playing the Saints in the Super Bowl, which, God help me, that would have been the worst Super Bowl. I mean, that's about as bad as, um, oh, what was it, Patriots-Falcons. I hated that Super Bowl because, you know, I'm a, Buc I'm a Tampa Bay Bucks fan. The Falcons are in my division. I don't want to see teams in my division win the Super Bowl. I'd much rather have the Patriots win a Super Bowl than – freaking teams in my division. So, um, but, you know, 
Whatever. Anyway, another trans softball transfer news. Um, another big name entered the transfer is entered the transfer portal yesterday. Florida State two-way player Mackenzie Herzog is transferring, and as a freshman, she started fifty-one games. She had a three-fifteen batting average. She pitched seventy-one and two-thirds innings. Had a one-five-six ERA. She went ten and two in twenty appearances. So. She's a uh, so she's a pretty good player. Um, she plays outfield. She's out in um, oh god, I think it was right field that she plays. Um, I don't remember offhand, but this is just another example of a a player that gets recognition throughout the nation, and that's transferring. There are some heavy-hitting names on this list of transfers. And that's why I'm saying um, the transfer portal for college softball is absolutely better than free agency and professional sports. It's exciting. I've never seen, so, I've never seen something that has the impact on a sport than the transfer portal has had on college softball. It's amazing. I can't – it's unreal. We have over 250 players in the transfer portal right now. And I. it just – it's crazy how it's shifting the landscape of college softball. And I can't – I can believe it, but I also can't believe it at the same time. It's incredible, and I love it. It's exciting. Um, but thank you for listening today. Uh, we'll be back tomorrow with new content. So have a great day, everybody.